I'm AJ Pardo with Newman Stock Farm in Floresville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Domo. Hello, Texas. It is great to see you once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me and buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Farm Bill has expired. What's next? We'll have more on that coming up as we kick off today's show. My name is Jessica Domel, and I'm part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. Records have been set for youth scholarships and the Grand Champion Market Steer Sale at the State Fair of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to Dallas to get more on what's going on at the State Fair just ahead on Texas Ag Today. There appears to be a growing interest in growing grapes in the Texas Panhandle. And with that in mind, Texas A&M AgriLife is offering a special educational program. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Cotton producers are getting prepared for the upcoming harvest on the South Plains of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the latest from the region on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas Wildlife News, and a complete look at the markets coming up. And we kick off today's show with an update on where we stand with the Farm Bill. Carrie Martin has that report for us. The 2018 Farm Bill is now history. It expired at the end of September. So where do we go now? Of course, in Washington, we don't have a new farm bill to go by. And with everything that's going on in Washington and around the world, it doesn't look like the farm bill will be a priority anytime soon. We visited with Texas Farm Bureau's National Affairs Coordinator, Laramie Adams, about the situation. And I asked Laramie, what's going to happen now? It's really hard to tell right now. Just with everything that's going on in D.C. It's not just the uh, potential government shutdown that we were dealing with last year, appropriations. Now they have this whole Speaker of the House debacle. In addition to that, you know, they've had hearings on impeachment of the current president. So, again, it's just we have to make sure that folks continue to work on the issues that really matter. The issue right now for agriculture is that we have to get this done. You know, we're still hopeful and optimistically that we get the farm bill done this year. It's just a matter of, is there floor time? That's the other thing. Like with everything, all these other things happening, that gobbles up a lot of floor time. We have to make sure that there's the floor time needed to get this done. But then you have to make sure that we got the bill where we want it to be. I feel optimistic because we've got really good leaders in place on the Senate and House Ag Committees. That is what gives me my optimism going forward for getting a farm bill done this year. Realistically, there might have to be an extension at the end of the year. But if that's so, you know, we're hopeful that at the first of next year, um, before things gear up on the elections too much, that, 
you know, we can still get this done and get a new farm bill that our farmers and ranchers deserve. And strengthening the farm bill has been one big topic of discussion this year, but that's going to take money. Adams says he believes the leaders of the House and Senate Agriculture Committees will find the resources they need to give farmers a stronger safety net. For us, obviously, crop insurance is where we're wanting to make those improvements, but I don't see them moving a farm bill without making some of those improvements. Um, With that being said, you're exactly right. It's extremely hard Right now, especially in the environment in D.C., there's a faction that says they just want to cut everything. The problem is, is, uh, you know, there's not a real great proposal behind all these cuts. You know, they're just they're just slashing. And what we have to realize and what we remind, you know, some of our our friends in D.C. about is that we have to invest in the future of our food and fiber uh, for our own country. Uh, Food security is national security. That's Laramie Adams, Texas Farm Bureau's National Legislative Director. I'm Carrie Martin on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Big Tex Youth Livestock Auction set another record. Tom Nicoletti has more. For our report today, we go to Dallas and the, the state fairgrounds where uh, we catch up with Carissa Kondoyanis. She is Senior Vice President of Public Relations for the State Fair. And uh, Carissa, so far, uh, what type of attendance have uh, you seen and what are you expecting? Well, howdy. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we're, we're rolling into another weekend here at the State Fair of Texas, and we've seen a lot of fairgoers coming out from far and wide to celebrate at the most Texan place on earth. Last year, we welcomed more than 2.5 million people through the fairgrounds for the State Fair of Texas. And, you know, we're never really chasing attendance numbers, but we would anticipate, you know, that we'll be around that or, you know, somewhere between two and 2.5 this year. But we'll know that on the final day of the fair. A lot of youngsters are in Dallas uh, showing their animals, whether they live out in the uh, the rural areas of the state or even uh, the more urban where they uh, raise uh, various uh, livestock. And uh, how are those livestock shows going and uh, there was the youth the livestock auction not too long ago that's right we actually had 582 texas youth exhibitors show at the big tech youth livestock auction last week and the amount raised for students broke a record at more than 2.2 million dollars for texas youth in fact the grand champion market steer sold for a record $160,000. So it was an incredible day. And to watch all these students who've worked year round to raise their animals and to really prepare to show at the State Fair of Texas, it's a day that we all look forward to at the fair every single year. Now, the State Fair is running through October 22nd. That is Carissa Condoyanis. She is with the State Fair of Texas in Dallas. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Panhandle Grape and Wine Tour is just a few days away. James Hunt joins us with more. There are a lot of different crops grown in the Texas Panhandle. Certainly our mainstays like corn, sorghum, wheat, and cotton, and also things like sunflowers and soybeans. One that you might not think of is grapes. J.D. Ragland with the Randall County Extension Office in Canyon says you can definitely grow grapes in the panhandle. There's a myth out there that that sort of production can
can't occur in the Texas panhandle because of our weather and particularly our winter months. And that simply is not true. We've got a lot of successful great production in the Texas panhandle from here all the way up to Dalhart. And apparently there are quite a few people who are thinking about becoming a part of it all. In response to interest expressed by local residents, Ragland says the Randall County Extension Office is teaming up with the Potter County Extension Office in Amarillo in putting together a special program to help people learn about growing grapes. Whether you're looking at maybe starting on a large scale of grape production or a mom and pop scale, we just want to share the educational information and topics to help producers get started if they're interested. The event called the Panhandle Grape and Wine Tour is coming up on Saturday, October 21st along with the opportunity to hear from an AgriLife viticulture specialist about the business of growing grapes, attendees will also be able to tour a local vineyard and a local winery. To find out more about this program, contact AgriLife or search online with the words AgriLife Panhandle Grape and Wine. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And Tom Nicoletti joins us with an update on cotton harvest on the Texas South Plains. We go to the Texas South Plains, and Eddie Griffiths is standing by with our report today. And uh, Eddie, farmers in your region of the state are gearing up for the upcoming cotton harvest. Tell us about how long will it be before they begin that harvest, and what's the crop looking like at this point? Well, Tom, at this point, I've seen some fields where pollination methods have started taking place. Over the past few days, had some rain, and that's definitely going to stop the ground rigs from rolling in the field as far as harvest days are concerned. With the moisture, we can get some of the harvest days to start working. Prior to that, pretty dry, and to be able to get those harvest dates to work, you need some kind of moisture to start dropping the leaves, open the bowls, especially on that cotton crop. Just trying to get in there when we can to do some of the things we need to do out in the field, whether it be spraying cotton or trying to actually get in the field and, and harvest some of this crop. Eddie, thanks for your report. Thank you, Tom. That's Eddie Griffiths. He is reporting for us today from the Texas South Plains in Lubbock. The U.S. Department of Agriculture on Tuesday released its monthly U.S. Agriculture Trade Update. Michael Clements joins us with that report. New monthly trade data from the Department of Agriculture shows a record monthly trade deficit for agriculture. Veronica Nye, American Farm Bureau Federation senior economist, shares the numbers. Well, the new trade data puts us out through August of 2023. And in August, we had the largest monthly trade deficit that we've ever had in U.S. agricultural trade. We had almost $12.5 billion in exports a little over $16 billion in imports, which means we had a trade deficit of over $3.6 billion in a single month. Nye says the strong U.S. dollar is behind the deficit. The strong interest rates that we've seen in the United States over the last year and a half trying to combat inflation is really leading to a strong U.S. dollar. And that strong U.S. dollar makes imports relatively less expensive, but it makes it difficult for our exports to compete globally because our products are priced in a relatively expensive dollar. Nye adds that the strong dollar means agriculture export values are lower and an increase in some imports. Overall, 
overall U.S. ag export value is down by about 9%. But when we break it out, what we see is that the vast majority of that decrease is in major bulk products, which are down 16% relative to the same time last year, whereas high value products are, are only down by 4%. When we look at imports and where we're seeing those import numbers pop, then fresh and frozen vegetables, which are up over 15% this year compared to last year. From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today. The fall beef cattle calving season is underway, and one problem that ranchers may encounter is called dystocia. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We are in the middle of fall calving season for beef cattle, and Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd said now is a good time to review problems that can occur during calving called dystocia. Dystocia can occur for multiple reasons, such as the fetus is too large to be delivered, the fetus is abnormal, there is more than one fetus, or the fetus is in the incorrect position for delivery. Dr. Sulo Zoka from the University of Tennessee indicates in the beef publication that the incidence of dystocia is greater with heifers delivering bull calves. Dystocia causes a major economic impact, as there is a decreased chance of survival of the calf and even the cow. And even if the cow does survive, damage to the reproductive tract may affect the ability of the cow to have future pregnancies. Some cows will not cycle correctly after a dystocia, and others will not become pregnant due to damage to the uterus. Veterinary fees are another expense that may be required, especially if a cesarean surgery is required. Anestrus is the period of time that a cow is not cycling, and there is no ovarian activity. Anestrus after calving can range from 14 days to 180 days, but 30 to 90 days is normal, and during this time, the cow will not become pregnant. Cows that undergo dystocia can even have a longer anestrus period, so the cow may not have a calf every year. Anytime a cow goes through a prolonged calving period, it can affect the health of the calf and the cow. The average duration of the calving process is about one hour in heifers and less than 30 minutes in cows. And for every 30 minutes delay after the first hour and a half, a study showed the cow required six days longer to cycle. 
So the bottom line is to check your cows closely during calving season and call your veterinarian as soon as you observe a problem. I hope you enjoyed today's Texas Fed News. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. The populations of some ducks like green-winged teal, northern pintail, and canvasback are up this year, while the populations of mallards, gadwall, American widgeon, blue-winged teal, and scop are down. What does this mean for Texas hunters? Kevin Cry, waterfowl program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. You know, we got to talk about you know how many there are and how good was their production. And coming out of this summer's survey data and um, reproductive estimates, some species did very well and some species, you know, didn't do so well. But the good news is the species that are really important to the state of Texas either did very well or had an average productive year. So species like pintails and blue-winged teal and northern shovelers and gadwall and green-winged teal, they're all doing quite well. Matter of fact, pintails saw a very significant increase in their estimated abundance. So that's really good news. Species like mallards, which are becoming less and less important to the state of Texas, they tend to be staying further north and east of us these days. But species like mallards actually saw a pretty significant decline. But the reality is we're not hunting the population estimate. We're actually hunting the reproductive success. And so that estimates are before they started breeding. So now they have young, right? And there's a bunch of juvenile birds heading this way. And there were some really good stories coming out of the prairies of lots of broods and lots of young ducklings on the landscape. So those birds are obviously starting begin to head this way. And, and those are the ones that really increase hunter success. You know, they're a little more gullible, more readily come into duck decoys and, and duck calls and stuff like that. So that's the good news. And of course, drought conditions across Texas will also have an impact on duck availability and duck hunting this season. We'll have more with Kevin Cry, TPWD's Waterfowl Program Leader on that on our next show. We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches, so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. On Thursday, the cattle complex traded higher, supported by slightly stronger cash prices. October live cattle up 90 cents to 185.40. 
December live cattle up 82 cents to 187.80. October feeder cattle up $1.85 to 252.02. November feeder cattle up $1.57 to 253.57. Boxed beef was mixed Thursday. Choice rose 55 cents to $300.83. Select fell 52 cents to $274.78. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My guest, Benny Cox, producers in Cargyle, had a sheep and goat sale Wednesday. Benny, tell these folks about it. Well, we had like 6,100, just tick under, and uh, which is, we sure caught a good many. Uh, the slaughter nannies, lots of those nannies bring down there in that 70 to 90 cent range. The bulk of them from 86 up to 106. Uh, the slaughter billies, 150 to about 208, but lots of those around that 160, 70. Uh, the spread on your wool feeder lambs from 180 to 230. Uh, on the lighter end of these hair sheep type going to slaughter, anywhere from 210 up to 320. Now, those over $3 have been fed. They'd gone to a feed pen. They'd be down in that 40-pound range somewhere. Uh, the heavier weights from 180 up to 234. Uh, some of those in really good flesh, especially like some muttons uh, on those hair sheep that are real nice and round. These guys like those. They'll give more for them. And, and uh, so we've seen some of those bigger. And I'm talking... When I talk about heavies, I'm talking about over 80 pounds. Some of those sell up in that 220 or so uh, with a high 234. The slaughter use, 50 to 87, but mostly 62 to 75. And like I said, there wasn't many of them. Uh, kid goats sold in a range from $2 to 335 mostly 266 to 302 with some of those feeder kids up to as high as 380 Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Benny. Uh, they can call me on my mobile. It's 325 325- Two three four four two seven seven. The office is same area code six five three 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 seven one. Or they can always look at the web, which is producersandcargyle.com. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Neighbor, that's it for this edition of Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host Larry Marble. My guest was Benny Cox from Producers in Cargyle, San Angelo. October lean hogs fell a nickel Thursday to 82.10. December lean hogs up 12 cents to 70.10. Block cheese fell 0.25 cents Thursday to $1.70. Barrel cheese rose 2.75 cents to $1.64. October class 3 milk rose a dime to 16.94 a hundredweight. November class 3 milk rose 9 cents to 17.32 a hundredweight. Cotton traded slightly lower on Thursday following the release of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's monthly World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report. In that report, USDA called for lower production, exports, and ending stocks in the U.S. in 2023 and 2024. They lowered production by 315,000 bales to 12.8 million bales due to lower yields in Texas. December cotton down 13 points to 84.92. March cotton down 3 points to 86.66. May cotton up 6 points to 87.63. Corn traded higher Thursday following USDA's release of the WASDE report. USDA forecasts corn production in the U.S. at 15 billion bushels, down 70 million on a yield cut. December corn up 8 to 496. March corn up 7 and 3 quarters to 511 and a half. May corn up 7 and 3 quarters to 519 and a half. December hard red wheat up 7 and 3 quarters to 675. March hard red wheat up 7 and 3 quarters to 684. November natural gas down 3 cents to 334. December natural gas down 2 cents to 363. November crude oil down 47 cents to 8302. December crude oil down 18 cents to 8189. 
The Dow down 203 points to 33,601. The S&P 500 down 31 points to 4,345. The Nasdaq down 103 points to 13,556. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.